This is Brad Lloyd with Your Way Lawn Care, and you're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success now here's your host julio tomei welcome lawn care nation to another episode of the lawn care business success podcast i'm your host julio tomei and this is episode number 134 entitled interview with brad lloyd from your way lawn care well hello everybody and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the lawn care business success podcast i really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week and downloading those episodes and of course for the questions comments and feedback you guys have been sending my way and uh, to those of you who have have left iTunes reviews. I really do uh, appreciate the time that it takes for you guys to do that. Uh, but it's a great way uh, to help promote the show. It adds that social proof and lets uh, other potential listeners uh, know that the uh, podcast really does uh, offer some value and that uh, it is worth downloading episodes. So thank you for that. So this week's episode... Another uh, interview, as uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, this week it's Brad Lloyd from Your Way Lawn Care. Some of you guys may have seen uh, Brad uh, Lloyd and Your Way Lawn Care on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, so uh, we'll get right into uh, the interview episode right after I play the podcast announcements. All right, so stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this. Even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Audible. Now back to the show. So I'd like to welcome Brad Lloyd from Your Way Lawn Care to the show. Hey, Brad, how's it going? Good, Julia, man. Glad to be here. Hey, thanks very much for uh, taking uh, the time out uh, in your day to come and do uh, a podcast interview with me. I really do appreciate uh, uh, that time. I know uh, how valuable uh, everybody's time is uh, with uh, preparing for the upcoming season coming up. Definitely, definitely. It's been super cold here, so we're not doing a whole lot. (laughs) There you go. Um, So maybe let's start off uh, with you uh, and uh, just tell us a bit about yourself and your business. All right. So uh, I'm owner operator of Your Way Lawn Care. Uh, we're located in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm kind of in the middle of the country, right on the East Coast. Uh, I've been doing this full time for uh, I guess going on about five and a half years now. I uh, worked in the fire service before that. Was a firefighter EMT for 
about 11 years of my life and oh, wow. got into this, had been doing it part time um, since I was 14 years old and decided to take a leap and do it on my own. Oh, that's awesome. So you said um, you were uh, part of the fire service and stuff as well uh, before that. So yeah. what made you uh, decide to sort of make that change and go from um, that sort of uh, job to doing the lawn care uh, full time? Um, yeah, like I said, I started when I was 14, working with a guy part time, um, family friend, took um, horticulture um, through my four years of high school, worked at a plant nursery. Um, it just kind of stayed with it. It's something I've always enjoyed, just being outside, um, doing stuff in nature and whatnot. And I joined the volunteer fire department when I was 15 years old, uh, which wow. probably, probably kept me out of a lot of trouble. I grew up in a really small town, um, a lot of drugs, gangs, and, and whatnot. And, you know, it gave me something to do um, to keep me away from that. And okay. as soon as I graduated high school, graduated high school in May, um, June the 10th uh, of that same year, I actually started as a full-time firefighter for the local fire department um, in our county. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, I've just led back to this. Um, you know, I was, I was, a, had been there for 10 years, was a um, engineer. Um, official title, but I was the acting captain on my engine and uh, I won't make him, but about, you know, $33,000 a year. Okay. Uh, and then, um, so, uh, why did you decide to leave uh, the fire service to do lawn care? Um, I, my youngest son, um, mm -hmm. he, he was diagnosed with autism Okay. And where we lived at in a small town, there really were no resources, you know, to help him in, in the school system. So okay. we decided to make a move um, into Raleigh, which is, you know, a metropolitan city with tons of resources. Yeah. Um, and it just wasn't financially, it wasn't worth um, staying at the fire department and driving back up there to work. Uh, okay. I already, already had the lawn care going and it was you know, doing really well. So I just decided to take that leap and, and drop the fire service and just go full time, you know, with the okay. business. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, makes perfect sense. You got to do uh, uh, what's best uh, for yourself in the situation that you're in at the time. Um, so my next question was, uh, is your lawn care business, your main income or your side hustle? Obviously uh, you just answered that. And uh, the lawn care is obviously your main income. Um, so that's uh uh, obviously, uh, there, uh, so I think I watched in one of your videos on YouTube that, um, you started out and you had, uh, employees and you had some crews. Um, so my next question, uh, was, have you, uh, do you have any employees currently, um, or are you a one man operation? Uh, currently a one man operation through the winter time here, uh, just because yep. I work slows down so much, but I have a guy that'll work with me, um, or, or someone that's in, you know, of a, of a list of guys that are in school that work and help me through the summertime, um, when, when we get busy, but you know, for the most part, I've just decided to stay small. Like I said, I did the whole two crew thing. Um, yep. it was more of a babysitting. Um, yes. Yeah. time in my life and you know i got complaints and whatnot from people all the time and mm -hmm. it's just a lot easier in my opinion to run it this way at this point in my life 
um, you know, having four kids and wanting to be at home and do stuff with them, you know, then, then trying to be in an office babysitting a bunch of guys, you know, day in and day out. Yeah. That, um, makes perfect sense. I've heard that a lot. I'm, you know, for myself, uh, I am a single owner operator as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I've on occasion had, uh, either friends or family help me, um, for certain jobs, um, where I might've needed an extra hand and stuff. Um, but you know, uh, for myself, I'm pretty, uh, happy being on my own. Um, and I've heard just from other lawn care guys, um, that, you know, it can be a bit of a struggle with employees, um, and you know, them either just showing up in the morning or, you know, always having, uh, uh, excuses to call in, uh, sick, obviously, you know, that's not, um, I guess the same for everybody in every business. Um, but, uh, I guess it seems to be sort of a trend when you're first starting out and trying to, uh, get employees and stuff like that. It can be very difficult to find, uh, quality, uh, people out there. So I absolutely uh, understand where you're coming from. Um, Definitely. my neck. Yeah. So my next question is one that I really like, uh, asking everybody because I get for the same question, I always get a different answer. Um, and that is how would you define success? Um, being to me, success is freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is having the freedom to do things, having the freedom to actually enjoy life and not being a slave to life. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you don't want to be out there every day of your life, working yourself into the ground. Um, and I think I appreciate that more coming from the fire service, uh, where I worked 24 hour shifts, you know? So when I left work in the morning at seven o'clock, I didn't get off till seven o'clock the next morning. And I missed a lot of my kids lives doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and now being self-employed owning the business, you know, I'm able to carry my kids to school during the day. I'm able to pick them up. I'm able to go to school functions. You know, I'm able to spend that time with my family. Um, so I have that freedom now to yeah. be able to do things and be able to enjoy life a lot more than working every day for someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's um I would say probably the same, uh, definition of success that I have. Um, I'm right along that same way. I, you know, if I think to, you know, when you're self-employed and you're starting a lawn care business or you're running a lawn care business, there's always ups and downs. And there's always times where, you know, you have low points in running a business, whether it's, um, you know, dealing with maybe you get a string of, uh, cranky customers or something like that. And you, you might think to yourself, is it worth it? Should I, you know, just go back to, uh, you know, having a regular job, a nine to five sort of thing. And then I always think to myself, like, I don't think I could ever go back to working for somebody else again after. Definitely you know, 10, 11 years of having that freedom of exactly everything that you just described of being able to, you know, decide where I'm working that day, what jobs I'm doing that day, um, checking out early if I want to pick up my kids from school or, uh, you know, 
take them somewhere or, you know, maybe, uh, chaperone a field trip or something like that for them for school. Like the freedom is unbelievable. Um, and I think once you get the taste of that and, uh, uh, it's very difficult to think, uh, about ever doing uh, any other type of job where somebody is then telling you uh, what to do or what time to be there or, or what. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you, if, uh, if somebody were to ask me that same question, um, I think your uh, answer would be uh, almost word for word for what I would say okay. is the same. Um, so in your business, what type of uh, equipment do you predominantly uh, use? Um, so right now we're running, um, stag mowers. Um, uh, we've had okay. great, great success with those. Um, okay. we run a V ride and a, a walk behind 36. Um, they work great for us. They, they seem to be a good combination. Um, okay. we also have a, uh, we run Honda push mowers. Yeah. Um, and right now we have pre- predominantly steel equipment, um, handhelds. Um, but you know, uh, going to echo for the UAG and, um, kind of seeing them and what they do, you know, we, we went out on a limb and got a couple things and, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying those out and, um, actually been pretty impressed with, um, with the performance of them. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can relate to that as well. I've, uh, in my own business, I've, um, pretty much for, I would say uh, the whole time, the 12 years uh, that I've been in business, it's been predominantly uh, still or steel products um, for all of my handheld equipment, uh, except for uh, maybe a stint in the beginning. First few years, I had a, a Honda trimmer as well. Okay. Um, but for the most part, uh, I was using all steel until I don't think I ever even, uh, you know, ever held a piece of echo equipment in my hand until, uh, the UAG program when they invited me out there. Um, and I literally used some of their stuff for the first time. Cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, very, uh, it can, some of the stuff is a uh, very different feeling. Um, but I think it's all just based on what you're used to, if you're using a certain brand and feel you're used to that weight and stuff for, uh, you know, five, six years, 10 years, whatever it is that you're using. And then you switch to a different brand. There's always going to be sort of a bit of a learning curve for your muscle memory to sort of get used to a thing. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to about, uh, using, um, especially their trimmers. Um, I don't know what your experience is with the steel. Um, but with me, uh, uh, there's no, um, <laughs> like I don't make any, uh, excuses about the fact that I hate the, uh, four mix motors, um, with their, uh, valves, uh, constantly yeah, going out of adjustment for me. It's like, uh, I pull my hair out all the time. You know, I've heard that from a lot of people talk about the valves. I've heard you talk about it multiple times and, I've uh, I've never actually had to adjust the valves on any of them. The um, the wow. oldest one we have is six years old, yeah. and we actually put a carburetor on it a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside just a yearly tune up, um, you know, change of the spark plug, the air filter, the fuel filter, we've never done anything to them. We've never had to adjust the valves on them. Um, wow, you know, it just really sounds like it's an elevation issue yeah, for guys. You know, like yeah, you know, it could be higher elevations. They have problems. If they're lower, they seem to not. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I can't knock them. Um, 
<clears throat> still makes a good piece of equipment. I don't have a problem with it. Um, <clears throat> they just kind of at the U, uh, at the GIE this year, um, and myself and, and several other guys that were there really felt like they just really didn't care about you. Like you went to their mm-hmm. booth and it was just, you know, like you weren't there, you know, you try to ask them a question, talk to them and they kind of put their nose up at you, you know, like we really don't care about you. And you know, that's, that's not how a company should be. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's kind of surprising to hear that they would, uh, um, be like that at, especially at, uh, the GIE. Yeah. You know, the biggest, uh, uh, outdoor equipment, um, you know, trade show that there is, um, that they would be like that. That's surprising. Um, yeah, I don't think I've, uh, uh heard that. Uh, that's the first account that I would have heard of that. Um, but yeah, the, uh, elevation thing though, that makes, uh, um, a lot of sense. Cause I know around here, I'm not the only one that uh, has those issues with the, the equipment. Um, so, um, yeah, that could be, uh, that could be the reason why. Um, so, and your skag equipment, you said, uh, uh, you had a 36 inch walk behind. What size was the, um, the standard? The the stand the V ride we have is a fifty two. Okay. Um, yeah. So, what typically size uh, uh, properties do you guys have out there? Um, an average an average size property for us is probably seven to eight thousand square feet. Okay. Um, you know, so, so not real big yards, but yeah. a lot of them are open. Okay. Um, so we can so, put that bigger mower on them and, and do them, you know, and just be a little faster. Yeah. 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 That's, um, that's interesting. My, uh, actually the neighborhood that I live in, um, the properties are all in that seven, 8,000 square foot, uh, range. Um, but, uh, the problem I encounter, uh, besides the, um, the tons of rain that we get making the, the ground soft is that most lawns or most yards, um, I could barely get, uh, they're all gated and they're tiny gates. Um, yeah. so I couldn't ever get, uh, a large machine. And, um, you know, I just picked up that 36 inch walk behind this year. And even then, um, you know, I can't get it through the gates of uh, most properties without, uh, it, you know, uh, rubbing up against the fence posts of the, of the gate or, you know, the gate getting in the way or, uh, something like that. So it's still, uh, for me, it's, uh, from the majority, it's still the Honda push mower, um, that I'm, uh, uh stuck using for uh, all those properties. Um, but the ones that I have been able to try the 36 inch on as, uh, uh, been fantastic and i'm so jealous of uh, uh you guys being able to use like the standards and stuff um that uh i've uh, been con- considering trying to pick up uh, one of those as well um in a smaller size but i don't think there's too many companies that make uh, uh smaller size ones uh, i think 36 is probably uh the normal uh smaller size for that type of uh, machine yeah, I think I think Wright Mower makes a um, a thirty two or a thirty four in a standard. Yeah, yeah I've fixed, seen it's a fixed yeah. deck though. Yeah, which that's is, the to me that's a big downfall. Yeah, that's the um, the one uh, I was looking at that too, the fixed deck, and it was like I uh, originally this uh, summer when I was trying to try these walk behinds um, because they're not very popular here. Um, I, I sort of was looking on Craigslist, and then I found a a 36 inch Viking 
uh, Xmark Viking. And uh, so I picked that up because I was like, okay, well, here's one and, you know, there's nothing else to choose from. Um, and right away when I started using it, it was a nice mower and stuff, but that fixed deck was apparently evident that I was like, eh, this is not for me because every house that I do, I'm pretty particular on the heights and okay. with the honda i'm always changing the heights between houses there's not you know maybe two houses that i do the same exact height at um so i'm always changing the heights depending on um, the health of the lawn and you know getting that best look uh and depending on what program the person's on if they are just uh sort of just strictly mowing or if they're fertilizing and all that sort of stuff so the viking was like uh oh, this is you know it's not the biggest deal to change the front wheels with the spacers and stuff but it sure is a pain in the rear to have to do that every house um sure. and uh, i found a turf tracer on craigslist uh about a, almost exactly a month later um and that one had the floating deck so i was like oh let me let me try that one out so i've got both machines now but i don't think i used the viking after getting the turf tracer uh because the floating deck was just so much easier um but still not as easy as uh, these standards that I see with the uh, sort of one handle height adjustment on a lot Definitely. of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where that, that's the, my problem here. You know, we yeah. cut multiple types of grass. You know, we have yeah. Bermuda, Zoysia, Centipede. We have Tall Fescue. So we're constantly changing heights on lower decks. So, you know, mm-hmm. being able to do that quickly for, for me personally is a major deal when it comes to a lawnmower, you know. Yeah efficiency yeah yeah absolutely it's uh, uh efficiency for me i think is everything um you know from root density to little things like that um you know i even uh, i think i posted a picture once of my um uh mower fitting into my trailer uh we do a lot of bagging here okay. um so i picked up a bagger kit for it one of those like cloth ones that kind of sits on the side um and i posted pictures of it in the trailer with the bagger on. Um, and I was like, you know, excellent. It fits in the trailer with the bagger on it. Right. And somebody commented, you know, they just come off. Right. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but every, efficiency to me is everything. So if I have to take that two seconds to take the bag off for me, it's, it feels like I'm wasting time in my day. If I'm doing that every house, taking it on, putting it off, pull it out of the trailer and all that sort of stuff. Right. So if I can save two seconds, it's like, it just feels like I'm just way more efficient. Um, you know, anything I can do to save a few seconds here or there, you're still getting the same end result at the end of the day. You're still making that same amount of money, but you're cutting, you know, you're so, getting your, sure. your, your free time. Right. Um, exactly. so in, in your business, um, do you offer any other services besides lawn care? Uh, we do a little bit of landscape stuff. Um, not okay. a lot. I've done um, some small like paver jobs, um, doing like trash can pads um, okay. beside a house. You know, so really small. Um, we do some tear outs and some installs occasionally. But, you know, our, our bread and butter really is the maintenance aspect of it. Um, the lawn maintenance, the treatments, um, the landscape maintenance as far as um, treating the bushes, the pruning, um, you know, that's really been where I've focused at. You know, I'm, okay. I'm big on learning one trade and learning it very well. Um, okay. You know, I'm not a fence repair guy. I'm not a plumber. You know, I do yeah. landscape and lawn maintenance, and that's what I want to be really good at. You know, okay. I want to be that jack of all trades. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always that, uh, what's that saying? Jack of all trades, but master of none sort of thing, right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Um, so as far as the services go, uh, in the, the lawn mowing side, so you do some small paver jobs that are, I guess, considered landscaping, um, on the lawn mowing side, is it just strictly mowing or do you also do like the fertilizing, uh, do you do aerating, um, anything else related to lawn care or is it just lawn mowing? No, we do the uh, we do the full full scope when it comes to um, the lawn. You know, we'll do sod, okay. we'll do yeah. we do the aeration, the overseeding. Um, I have a, my pesticide license for our state, so we do all the treatments. Um, you know, so we we try to offer our clients everything we can uh, yeah. when it comes to the maintenance of their lawn and landscape. So they're not subbing that out. You know, I don't want to go to a property and see a true green sign in the front yard, yeah. um, you know, because that's money out of my pocket that I've lost. I want them to know, hey, look, we do this. You know, we're here every week. We're going to do it. You know, we can do a lot better job than what somebody else can coming, you know, once every six weeks. So, we, you know, we really try to sell our clients on letting us do everything so we know what's been done. We know how it's been done and we know it can look its best. Yes, absolutely. Um, now I'm just gonna, I, I remember watching a video of yours, um, where you were talking about, um, your business, um, and sort of rebuilding your business for this, uh, upcoming spring. And you mentioned, um, about, uh, clients and you wanting to go to, uh, full service, um, and uh, you talked about how you were having some lawns where you were showing up and like you just mentioned, and this is why I bring it up, you just mentioned like having a client have like true green on there and then you're showing up to um, cut the lawn. Um, and uh, the reason that resonated with me was because I was uh, exactly the same a few years ago. Um, and, you know, I would have clients hiring me just for lawn mowing um, and you know, I would show up and there'd be some other company there doing, um, you know, just the fertilizing and stuff. And it was like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then I'd be the one, uh, you know, stuck every week uh, or every couple weeks after that mowing the lawn and trying to deal with the heavy growth and stuff. Um, and so I made that decision pretty quick uh, early on as well, that it was like, I'm sorry, uh, if I'm taking you on as a new customer and you already have a contract with somebody else for uh, the treatments, then I'll let it slide for this year because you've already, in most cases, some of those, uh, I don't know how it is over there, but here it's pretty, uh, these other treatment companies will get clients by having them uh, prepay for the whole year by offering them a larger discount if they do so. Um, so in a lot of cases, these customers will be like, well, I already paid for all that stuff. So I'll be like, it's no problem this year, but going forward next year, you, I have to handle everything. Otherwise I don't mow your lawn. They're just the way it is. Right. So I, uh, when I saw your video there, I was like, oh, that's exactly, uh, what I went through and the whole, um, frequency of the mowing too. Um, I think I went about a year before switching to a weekly cutting schedule only. Uh, and if you're a customer and you phone and you're looking for a cut every two weeks, or if you're looking for every 10 days, then I'm not your guy because I exactly. only, I only do weekly cutting and I only do 
uh, your lawn. I don't mind if the customer wants to fertilize their own lawn and you know, they're that they just want me to cut and stuff. But if they want to hire somebody else to fertilize, that's where it's like, no, unless, you know, that, like I said, that first year, I'll give them the pass if they've already prepaid somebody else to do it. Um, so how did you, uh, uh, come about, uh, that sort of, uh, uh, you know, thought process? Was it very similar? Very similar to what you, you know, we were, you know, we started out, you know, when I was at the fire department, kind of offering whatever we could get, you know, service wise, just to kind of build that name. And we, we've always had a, a decent amount of weekly clients, but we took on some biweekly stuff. And, you know, what we come to find is it's a lot like you. We were finding that these biweekly clients and these weekly clients both were getting their loans treated by another company. Mm-hmm. Well, the biweeklies, you know, you go out there and you'd have a foot tall grass. You know, yeah. You're doing the same amount of work. I mean, in, in essence, as you are on a weekly property, you know, but you're doing it every two weeks. Yeah. Um, so you're double cutting that yard and you're only getting paid for a single cut, basically. Yeah. You know, so you're doing twice the work. You're only getting paid for a single cut and you're losing that revenue from what you could be gaining treating that yard. You know, so it just, it, it didn't make any sense to be doing that. So, yeah. you know, I just, I just made the decision. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go hardcore and this is what it is. You know, we offer three packages. Um, all of them include weekly mowing and treatment plans. Um, you know, the biggest difference is if they get aeration or if they get overseeding, um, how many times they get pruned a year. But, you know, it, Having warm season and cool season grasses, we needed both of those um, because, you know, you, you don't we don't overseed on our warm season turf. You know, we only overseed on the fescue, the cool season grasses. So, you know, we had to have a little bit of a divide there. Yeah. But overall, it's like, you know, I'm not losing money to these these other people anymore. So it's just hammer down. Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to offer. And, you know, if you like it, great. If you don't find somebody else type deal, yeah. you know, it, it comes a point where you have to be a business owner and look out for your best interest versus yeah. the client and how many of them you can get, you know, take on, you're better off to have a few really great clients that pay you a lot than have a whole handful of bad clients that yep. don't pay you a lot. You know, you, you're yeah. going to make more money in the long run, um, you know, offering full service to weekly clients and you're going to have a better client because mm-hmm. they want good work. They don't mind paying for it. Um, so, you know, you end up with a better, a, a much better client base because a weekly, a biweekly client is going to gripe. They're going to moan. They're going to complain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you're never going to stop that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, um, I think you hit the, the nail right on the head there. And it's funny listening to you, um, talk about that. Cause like I said, that's exactly uh, the process that I went through. And it, for the people listening to this, um, and considering that, uh, you know, there's a few things to consider there. It can be very difficult to turn down that work. Um, especially when you're, you know, if you're starting out and you may be struggling and stuff, you may have to start out by doing those types of properties. Um, but I will uh, tell you, uh, that once you start mowing those types of properties and you start to, you know, 
not enjoy it. Uh, you're out there struggling, you know, you're uh, trying to hack through that foot tall of grass uh, that hasn't been cut. Um, you know, with me, because we get so much rain, um, it would be like, you know, I'd have a customer on the schedule and, uh, you know, I couldn't cut them today because they're not on the schedule. They're every two week cut. And so they're scheduled for next week. But today is beautiful. It's sunny. It's dry. Uh, and then the next week I go to cut it and it happens to be pouring rain. Um, and you know, the grass hasn't been cut for a couple weeks and now I'm stuck having to cut it, you know, to maintain the schedule and all that and just struggling through it. Um, it, it just, it, it was so much of a, a pain to deal with. Um, that, you know, once you go through that, like I said, it, it's difficult when you're starting out to turn down that work, but once you go through it, then it gives you sort of that strength, um, to turn down the work after. Cause now you have that experience to think back on and go, yeah, you know, I could take on this job every two weeks, but remember what that's like, uh, you know, doing it for these customers and, and all that. And I think you just got to set your standards, um, like, like you, uh, I think you clearly, uh, uh, um, pointed out in that video, uh, that you put out, um, and, uh, you know, you basically got to move yourself forward and get to those higher end clients, uh, where now, uh, just as an example with my clients, they'll ask me for stuff and they don't even ask me how much it costs anymore. It's just, yeah, just do it and build them. That trust is built. I've got all their credit cards. I just put it straight on their credit card and there's never an issue um, because that's the type of client that I'm focusing on is those type of clients where the trust is there, that I do everything for them um, and they know it's all taken care of. Um, so yeah, I thought uh, that video was uh, very uh, uh, poignant on your part that uh, you had that uh uh, sort of putting that out there that that's what you're making a huge change this year. Um, and, uh, basically drawing that line in the sand that, uh, you were only doing full service from now on and you're only, uh, um, you know, taking on uh, customers that want that weekly, uh, cut only. Yeah. Um, so in your business, do you, is it mainly residential, um, or do you do commercial work as well? It's mainly residential. Um, we, we've had some commercial stuff in the past. Um, you know, it just, it got really hard to deal with. Um, at times we just really didn't have great commercial clients, honestly. Um, we had a big HOA, um, we did last year, which we were working on. Um, and it, it, it looked like a great property when we went out there and we were bidding on it. But once we got into the summertime, it ended up being not such a great place. The cops were out there all the time. Mm -hmm. um, we were picking up needles and, mm -hmm. just, you know, different things. It, it just it, it was a townhome complex in a decent part of the city. And it wasn't what we were expecting. We yeah. had a couple pieces of equipment stolen. So, you know, we we dropped it. We got rid of it. Um <clears throat> I guess probably two thirds of the way through the year, just because we didn't feel comfortable there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, we stick to residentials um, pretty much. We're going after a few small commercial things like um, just a small local business type thing. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, so we're going after a few of those. but And we do some um, some rental property for a rental company we've been working for since we started in business. Um, they're biweekly. Um, they're the only biweekly accounts we will keep. But we just make so much revenue off of that company throughout a year because of all the add-ons they want done yeah, yeah. and other properties and whatnot. It would be foolish to get rid of them mm. um, just because of that revenue, that extra revenue um, from referrals and different things. Um, they do real, they sell houses, so if they have a house going on the market, we go out and do the cleanup and get it back in shape and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it's a good company to work for. It's a great relationship that I don't want to give up um, just because of the benefits from it. Yeah, no, that's uh, that totally makes sense. Um, and something else that you brought up there um, that I've experienced in the past as well that I've, I don't think I've ever talked about uh, that you've uh, you pointed out there. And that was um, the risk with commercial properties um, with finding needles. Um, and, uh, I've experienced that, um, with trimming bushes and stuff and there being, you know, needles thrown in the bushes and stuff. And you have to be so careful in commercial areas that are open to the public these days, um, that, um, you know, I'm not sure, uh, how it is where you are, but here, uh, West coast of Canada, it's, it's getting out of hand, the drug use and the uh, unfortunate, you know, on the news every day, the amount of overdoses and stuff that, uh, you know, emergency uh, workers are having to deal with uh, throughout the city and stuff. And, you know, these guys are just uh, all over the place. You know, there's not really any, um, you know, there's been... Um, uh, reports of you know uh, needles being found in playgrounds and you know through parks and uh i remember in one part of town um where we would have um uh a soccer field uh we would have to always uh, the parents beforehand because of the part of town it was in um if games were ever scheduled at that field, the parents would have to basically do a sweep walk in a line of the field before the game would start to make sure there was no discarded needles, um, wow. you know, of the field to make sure the kids would be safe if they, you know, had to do a slide tackle or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. I'll say it's the same way here, man, that the heroin epidemic, I think is just, it's hitting everybody and coming from the emergency service field. Yeah. You know, I, I can vouch for that. The the overdoses and dealing with that were, you know, just horrific. Um, you know, I mean, I could I could tell stories of some things that people would not believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, some of the stories of drug overdoses and things you've seen, you know, doing that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the epidemic, the needles. I mean, you guys, you got to be careful nowadays. There's yeah. just no way to put it. You know. You know, even in, I mean, even in nice neighborhoods, places you would never think things would be. Yeah. 
I mean, you still got to be careful and you got to yeah. look out for them, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. You take the one needle stick and you're ruined the rest of your life. You yeah, know, yeah. You got something you can't get rid of. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, uh, uh, with one of my clients, um, actually the video I did, um, of my leaf cleanup this past fall. Um, it was a corner lot, that particular house, because it's on a corner lot. Um, and they've got some hedges running along the side. Um, it's a prime area. There's always garbage and stuff thrown there because it's sort of a dark street. People pull up beside her house because she's got hedges. It kind of blocks her view. Um, and you know, they're always tossing out garbage out the window and stuff, uh, at night and things. And on that strip of lawn there that I do, uh, one day there was a needle just sitting there. Obviously somebody was shooting up in their car beside it and then just threw it out the window onto her lawn. And, uh, that was one where I was like, geez, like even here in a residential neighborhood, um, you know, I'm seeing a needle here where, you know, with the commercials, uh, commercial properties, when I was doing them earlier, I would find because it was a commercial property, any sort of nook and cranny doorway, um, where people could have some sort of, you know, what they thought was privacy, they would shoot up and either, you know, leave the needles there or they would just toss them in the bushes. And that's where it becomes, dangerous for a landscaper gardener um is uh, when they're in the bushes and if you're trimming and you know you might have some debris on top of a hedge or something and then you go to reach to uh you know clear off the top of that hedge or something and some needle sitting there you know pricking you in the hand um so yeah just um something to be very very uh, like you said be very very careful of uh for that sort of stuff it's it's pretty crazy uh, the times that we're we're in and what we have to, um, you know, uh, with all these overdoses and stuff. Um, so in your business, uh, share with us. So this is that question that I talk about, uh, that sort of gives everybody sort of a pause for thought. Uh, so share with us a time you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. Oh, um, probably, you know, Starting out was really the hardest part for me. Okay. Um, but what what got really harder after that was going into that first winter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that was probably the most difficult time for me. You know, I, the client started, you know, leaving for the winter time. You know, we didn't have contracts in place. I hadn't planned. You know, going into my first winter time. I hadn't planned for it financially like I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm second guessing myself, you know, is this what I need to do? How are we going to make it through this? Um, you know, so I think that, that going into that first winter really, it, it was a realization for me that, you know, this isn't, this isn't a year round job. Um, I'm not going to have income coming in all the time. Uh, and it really made me understand that I need to plan, Okay, you know, plan for the winter, plan for the future, plan for that. What if time, um, you know, what if I break a leg? What, if, you know, what if uh, a mower goes down? You know, you're, you're starting out, you're going in that first year, you know, you're not thinking about all these things. You're not thinking about that. What if, what if something major happens? How do you deal with yep. it? You know, you, you need to have that. Um, that, that, oh shit money (laughs) sitting there, you know, 
in case something happens. It, it, excuse the way I said yeah. that, but you know, it needs to be there. Um, it needs to be there for the winter time. It needs to be there for uh, for that that for that worst case scenario. You know, you got to prepare for that. It's not like you're you're at a job anymore and you're going to be getting a paycheck every week. Mm-hmm. It's you know you're relying on you at this point, yeah. and it's only you and you alone, and you have to make it work. Yeah. Um, you know, so that can be the hardest hardest part probably of, of the lawn care industry especially for a new person and it was for me as a new guy you know going into that first winter you know ending that that first season for me okay so what um what sort of uh coming out of that and learning um going through that and overcoming it uh, so what sort of strategies do you put in place now um to prevent that scenario in the future um, of running out of money and stuff. Is there a sort of a, uh, a set amount that you put aside each month, um, for that fund? Um, or is it, uh, do you sort of stack it up at the beginning of the year and then, um, just get to a certain point and leave it there? Or are you always continually adding to that fund? Yeah, I, I like to add to it. Okay. You know, if you got some extra money, put it in there. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, it, it's no need if you keep if you put a hundred dollar bill in your pocket, you're gonna spend a hundred dollars. Yeah, if you put a hundred dollars in an account that you can't see, mm-hmm. you're not gonna mess with. Yeah, it, you know, so put that money away. That way, you got it, and you know, before you know it, you got you know ten thousand dollars sitting there. Yeah, yeah. and you know, that money's there in case you need it. Um, you know, it's basically that rainy day fund more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a winter fund. It's a rainy day fund, you know, here where we're at, just like this winter, we're not working. It's been, you know, extremely cold. I mean, it's snowed in Florida. Yeah. You know, so we're not working like we normally do. We're not getting the phone calls, um, that we normally get. So we're not making that extra income. So you're having to look at that, that money that's stashed away where a lot of winners here, you know, we do work a decent amount and we really don't have to pull into that a lot. So having it there, knowing it's there gives you that peace of mind, you know, but if you don't need it, don't use it, just continue to grow it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> totally a great advice for somebody starting out. It's a lesson that is... Um, you know, you would hope people starting out in the business would, um, catch on to pretty quick. Um, but usually it takes, uh, you know, a little bit and they have to go through that struggle, uh, before they figure it out. Another one that sort of, um, seems to bite people, uh, that I've seen happen is, um, if you're like, you know, a fully licensed registered business and you're collecting taxes, um, on the work that you're doing. Um, and then, you know, you have to remit those taxes back to the government because that money's not yours. You're just, uh, uh, basically an agent of the government, um, collecting those sales taxes on that work. Um, and I've seen so many times where people just, um, you know, they bill their customer, the customer pays them, they put it in their account and they don't think about it. And then it comes time to uh, remit those sales taxes that customers have been paying you to give to the government and they've spent it. 
And it's like, that wasn't your money to start with. You, you get to, yeah. you get to keep the portion of the actual job that you build them, but that sales tax that's on top of that, that is your, you know, you have to remit that. So, um, you know, unless you, um, have a separate account and all that, because, you know, it may be a few months, uh, depending on how your, uh, tax system works and how much income your business is making. Um, you know, if you're a smaller uh, business starting out, it could be a, a few months, even up to, I think here in Canada, they can do, you know, if it's a really, really small business, you can be up to a year uh, before you need to remit those sales taxes. Um, so, you know, having a separate account set up that you can, you know, at the, whenever you're billing customers and stuff, you take that sales tax out and you put it in that other account that you don't even look at and you forget. And when the time comes where you got to pony up that money to the government, it's all there, all accounted for. Uh, and then there's no stress. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, you know, that goes back to Mike McCallis, uh and Profit yeah. First. I mean, that's probably one of the best books that a new business owner could listen okay. to. You know, because it, it explains everything about putting that money away in the different accounts that you can't see. So that it's there. You know, a lot of guys don't realize that the government can come and take everything you've gotten and, and they don't yeah. care, you know, over over a pay. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you, you, certain things you got to do and be sure you have and you do yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, so I think I know the answer to this next question because it kind of relates to one of the previous questions. Um, but uh, what is your favorite thing about being self-employed? Freedom. Yeah. That freedom, um, not having to get up and go spend 24 hours at the fire department anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to do stuff with my family and, you know, just having that freedom to me is everything, you know, um, th- that just means everything to me. And, you know, I, I want to be around. I want to, you know, see my kids grow up. So, you know, and I'm able to do that now. I'm not gone for 24 hours at the time and missing holidays and, and different things. So, you know, freedom is everything. I, I think that's probably one of the most important things in life. is just having freedom to do, you know, what you want yeah. to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, exactly the same with you on that. Um, so in what ways do you market your business and maybe share your number one marketing tip? Um, number one marketing tip. I built my business off of Facebook. Okay. Um, um, I, I built it posting ads in local community groups, okay. um, yard sale pages and information pages and different things. Um, a lot of people seem to look down on that nowadays saying, thinking that you're just getting tire kickers and whatnot. But, you know, I mean, I get a ton of great leads from doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, I have a I have a piece of paper that sits at my desk that uh, I post in six different groups okay. every day okay. of the week. So I, I type up a little ad. I put it on my Facebook page, business page and I share that ad into um, into the groups um, every day of the week. Six okay. groups. You know, I do that every day of the week and, and I get, I get leads from that. Uh, also it's a, a app called next door. Okay, yeah. Um, it's a 
fairly new thing. I've been out for a couple of years, but I've been on that for a couple of years. Uh, and that seems to be getting a lot of traction as well. Okay. Um, you know, as your clients um, basically leave reviews about your business, it grows your area okay. that people can see you in. You know, so it's it's a neighborhood based uh, app, but it's it's neighbors talking to neighbors about your business. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's basically word of mouth via social okay. media. Um, it's basically what it is. So it gives you that word of mouth because, like I said, it's a, it's a neighbor telling a neighbor, hey, call this guy. He does my yard. He does a great job. Um, but it may be a neighbor that that neighbor doesn't know because they may be five or six. Okay. Yeah. Over, that makes sense. You know, so it's not the, the neighbors right next door that word of mouth is getting to now, you know, you have the whole reach of an entire neighborhood from mm-hmm. one person. Um, so, so it's increasing your reach, you know, throughout a neighborhood, you know, just like the, the whole word of mouth thing used to be yeah, years ago. No, that's, uh, that's a great tip. I think one of my past guests, uh, I can't remember which one, but they, I remember them mentioning, um, that as well. It might've been Dan Albright from uh, village lawn service. I think he might've been the yeah. one that mentioned that app as well. Um, now with uh, Facebook, uh, do you mind if we get into a bit more of that? No, go ahead. Because um, I think that's uh, something that would benefit a lot of uh, uh, people listening, just starting out. Um, because obviously there is the um, you're so you're talking about um, not necessarily paid apps. You're talking about just going into um, community group pages um, and placing your own uh, what you would call as ads, but basically they're just posts. Yeah. Yeah. So what what you want to do with that is you want to, um, you know, I go into a Microsoft Word account and I type up something because my spelling and grammar is absolutely <laughs> horrific. Um, so it kind of co- corrects a lot of yeah. things for me. Um, and then I'll put it, uh, I'll just copy and paste it directly to my business okay. page on Facebook. I'll add a couple pictures that are related to it. Um and then what I'll do is, you know, at the bottom of that post on your business page, there's a share okay. button. So you just click on that share, um, share it in groups. And, you know, like I, I live in Raleigh, so we have one called the Raleigh Community Information okay. Page. So I shared in that group. That group's got, you know, 30 or 40,000 okay, members. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can create a post on my business page and share it from Monday to mm-hmm. Sunday over all these different groups. And on average, your organic reach out of that will be about 12,000 mm-hmm. people that have actually seen mm-hmm. that ad. You know, so we, we change it up every week. You know, like this week we were talking about crepe myrtle. Well, last week we we're talking about crepe myrtle trees and, you know, how people absolutely butcher them. But, you know, we do it the proper way. So we got a, a lot of a lot of good leads from that. Um this week now we'll be talking about um, like mulch and pine straw um, because we're kind of going into the end of January and February. So, you know, c- keep it rel- relative to the time of year. Um, do do something that's interesting. Um, a picture that catches an eye. Um, if you can do a short little video, mm-hmm. um, like if you're out cleaning up leaves or something, you know, do do a little short video. You know, when you get to a property talking about, hey, does your property look like this? 
and you know you could like snap your fingers or something and then boom and you go to a, a yard that's totally clean mm -hmm. and you know or do you want your yard to look like this type mm -hmm. thing you know just something really really quick really catchy yeah. you know that that people aren't just going to scroll by uh a picture of you and your family mm -hmm. um you know hey we're family owned and operated you know we care about your family as much as we mm -hmm. care about ours you know a picture of you with your family yeah. you know that's that's not a picture of a yard with stripes in it it's something that you know, somebody scrolling through is going to stop and want to say, oh, who's this? Yes, yes. You know, it, it can't, something to catch your yeah, eye. Yeah. You know, you don't want them just to scroll right past uh, what mm. you're putting out there. Yeah, that totally makes uh, a lot of sense there, especially the sort of family picture. Um, it would come off a lot less. Um, I, you know, some people would say that, um, you know, it would be spammy or something to be going into groups and stuff like that. So it's an interesting way to, like you say, catch their eye a lot of people are probably uh might get um uh bombarded with different things in those groups um so it's uh, an interesting concept to their like you said to be uh different get catch their eye uh so that they're not just scrolling past um so you said you do about six groups that you regularly post into so i do um i do six groups a day so like uh, I'll post in six groups today, six groups tomorrow, and they're different okay. groups. So uh, I, I'm not good at math. So whatever six yeah, yeah. times seven is, um, so you know, I, that's how many groups I post okay. into a week. So I, I'll post the same ad through all of those groups, spreading it out over a week, and then I'll oh, make a new okay, one, okay, and okay. then I'll post. Okay. Uh, and one of the things to be careful with in those groups are, you know, be sure you read the yep. rules that they have set in place. You know, do they make sure they allow you to number one yep. advertise? Uh, a lot of them don't, and a lot of them have a certain day of the week that you can post oh, okay. an ad on. You know, so try to try to abide by what they have, so you don't mm -hmm. get kicked out of them. You know, that's the last thing you want to do. You you don't want to get kicked out of them. You know, because if somebody goes in there looking for something, you know, you can always comment on that as well. Hey, you know, I'm such and such. Yeah, give yeah. Me a call. Yeah, I've seen that. Too. Yeah, yeah, and that I've free. seen. Yeah, and that's the interesting part about it, right? Is that um you know, it's uh you can get that uh free advertising and the neat thing or the power um I think with Facebook. Now, I'm not uh a big Facebook fan. In fact, I would say I uh probably uh, absolutely hate Facebook. Um and uh you know, if it, if it wasn't for my just having basically a listing uh, of my, you know, a business page and stuff, um you know, I I use Facebook strictly just for uh family um and you know, keeping in touch with family all over uh, North America and in other countries and stuff. Um but if it wasn't for that, I'd probably uh you know, delete my account is how much I don't like Facebook. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. On <laughs> but, that one. um, <laughs> it, it, if it wasn't for the business page, yeah. I wouldn't have one. Yeah. I'd just but the, the it. power of Facebook, um, is the targeting there is those specific groups. You're not, um, you know, putting an ad that is blanketing, um, you know, all of, uh, North Carolina, um, you know, you, you can specifically, yeah. um, you know, target groups in areas, in neighborhoods, um, that you want or already work in, um, and, and you're doing it for free. Um, 
with those types of ads. And like you said, with the tips that you uh, uh, shared, uh, you know, uh, and that's why uh, I wanted uh, when I asked you there to clarify, uh, basically with the groups and stuff. Um, was just because I, for me, uh, when you first explained it, it sounded like you were posting to the same groups every day. And I was like, well, that's, that seems uh, okay. like it would be spammy. Like every day you're putting the same ad, but you're only doing it once a week. You're posting to different groups, yeah. uh, every day over the course of the week, the same ad. And then the next week. So each group is only getting one of those ads, um, so yeah, that makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more uh, of a smart strategy, uh, I believe. So it took, probably took you a long time to uh, uh, go through there and, and find the different groups uh, that you wanted to target. And obviously you've got sort of a list set up for each day of the week of which groups uh, to target. Yeah, yeah. It, it can be time consuming, you know, joining the groups, finding the groups. Um, you know, the, the best thing to do is just, go up to that search box and, um, you know, type in your, your local city, uh, mm-hmm. and see what comes up, see what groups are out there, see what they allow and, um, you know, join them and, you know, kind of, kind of look at what's there and then kind of go from there and start posting into them some, but like I said, you don't want to be spammy, you know, you don't want to post every day of the week in the same group. You know, you want people to see you on a regular basis because you want to build that brand recognition um, you know, the more times people see a company name, the more likely they are to call you or, you know, um, at least contact you. So, you know, you don't want to spam them, but you, but you want them to know who you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another thing I noticed too, if people aren't comfortable, um, maybe making ads and, and doing those posts is that just from my own interactions on Facebook and in groups, uh, that I am a part of, um, I started to explore the same, um, concept, um, in my interview that I did with, uh, Danny Lanier from Lanier Lawn Care, uh, he talked a lot about how he uses Facebook groups as well. So I started to explore that, um, after that interview. So I joined a bunch of the, the, you know, local neighborhood groups that, uh, you know, in the neighborhoods that I live uh, around. And, um, I noticed that, you know, even if you're not comfortable doing those posts, there's always that opportunity, like you said, to comment on posts because you always see people in there asking for recommendations on, uh, you know, who, you know, has anybody, uh, know a good plumber? Does anybody know a thing? So there's always that opportunity, um, to comment on people looking for landscapers or, uh, you know, they might have a specific job, like we need, uh, you know, a new sod put in anybody, know anybody that, uh, sort of thing. Right. So there's always that opportunity, even if you're not comfortable posting, uh, ads that just by joining those groups and, you know, keeping track of, uh, you know, the posts going on that you could obviously, uh, introduce yourself when those questions come up, uh, and pick up work, uh, that way as well. Uh, so that is, yeah, uh, another great, uh, tip there. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people find a lot of value in that, uh, particularly when you're, uh, starting out. Um, so one of the most common questions I get in my business is what do I do in the winter? Uh, so, if there is a winter or off season in your business, uh, what do you do in the winter? Um, normally, we're still working um, okay. through the winter time. We're, I mean, not on a full time basis. We normally will work, you know, two three days a week. Um, yeah. But like this year, 
you know, it's been, you know, we had four or five inches of ice on the ponds here uh, in North Carolina, which I've never seen before. So we haven't done, you know, a lot of anything, um, you know, but, but sit at home at a desk. But, you know, most most winters here, you know, we still work two or three days a week. We do some landscape project stuff, um, you know, and if we have a warm year, you know, we're still cutting cutting grass this time of the year. Um, okay. our, our fescue um, normally will continue to grow through the wintertime at a really slow pace. So we cut it, you know, we may cut it every two weeks or so. Oh, okay. but, but, you know, we, we still work normally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, this year hasn't exactly been normal. Um, okay, yeah. So, so we're not doing as much. Okay. So, um, what are your uh, future plans or goals for your business? Uh, for this year, it's just to regrow it. Um, you know, like you mentioned, uh, that YouTube video I I put out last week. Uh, I was talking about how I went to the the three contracts, um, programs going all weekly. Um, you know, I've only got a handful of clients right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to basically regrow a business, mm-hmm. um, by the springtime, you know, from scratch all over again. Um, luckily my name is already out there. So I kind of have a little bit of that brand recognition going on, but you know, I'm just regrowing a company this year, but long time, uh, in future plans, I want to uh, just grow it back to where it's at. I got a, a set amount of money I want to be making every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I will probably expand again uh, once my kids get a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, they're a little more independent and can do, you know, some things themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll look at, look at growing the business again. Um, you know, but one day I don't want to work in the business. You know, I want to let the business work for me. I think just like, you know, a lot of guys do, but you know, I'm, you just got to get to that point where, you know, in your life where you can, you can handle that. Um, I guess emotionally, uh, and the, you know, especially with the amount of time that it takes away from your family, um, you know, having all that, you know, sitting on your shoulders. Yeah. No, absolutely. That, um, some good points there, uh, and very similar, uh, experience, uh, to what, um, you know, I've done with my business, um, and, uh, where I'm going with my business, you headed, or you mentioned there, um, you know, with your kids, uh, you know, as they get older, um, expanding and stuff. And, and that's where I'm sort of at now, uh, up till this point, um, you know, with my kids being little, my wife working in a different city. Um, so she's, uh, got a longer commute each day, uh, going from home to work. Um, so, you know, it was me taking the kids to school when they were little, picking them up every day after, uh, getting dinner ready, uh, and all that sort of stuff. So I was basically working from nine o'clock till two o'clock in the afternoon in my lawn care business. That's it. And, and that sort of um, might give a hint of why, like I mentioned earlier, uh, where efficiency is so important to me. And if I can save two seconds, um, you know, I will because I'm trying to cram in as much as I can in that little amount of time so that I can get it all done 
and then be done by two o'clock to go pick up my kids and all that stuff. But now that they're, you know, getting older and, you know, my daughter starting in her senior years of high school and all that stuff, I have that, you know, I can see that freedom now opening up where if I can't get, um, you know, she'll obviously, uh, uh, because of the weather we get here, uh, you know, she's, uh, I can always expect her to send me a text message asking for uh, me to pick her up after school when it's pouring rain and stuff out there. And I can, you know, understand that. Um, but when the days are sunny, um, it's like, sorry, kid, you're on your own. You're going to have to walk home because I'm taking advantage <laughs> now that you're old enough to walk home on your own and all that stuff. I'm taking advantage of uh, this weather and I'm working uh, longer and fitting some more jobs in there and, and, and doing all that. So I can see that, um, opening up for me as well. Like you mentioned in the future, as the kids get older, then, you know, you have that bit of, uh, freer time, uh, and you can, uh, start adding more jobs and more work and expanding, uh, and that as well. And also your, uh, rebuilding process. I can relate to that as well. Um, I went through a, a, a large, rebuilding a few years ago. Um, and I'm still sort of coming out of, um, the other side of that. Uh, and I've talked about the, this on the podcast as well with, uh, the price of real estate skyrocketing, uh, where I live. It's probably one of the most expensive places in the world to live. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but people who were living in this city in this area were all going, this is like nuts we should sell the house and take advantage, like basically cash out. It's like you're winning the lottery. Um, if you, if you own a property and you can sell it and move somewhere else where it's not this crazy real estate market. So I had in one year, um, over half of my clients all sell their houses and, and move away. Uh, wow. because they were all cashing out, um, of, wow. uh, things because single, like on average, a house here is $2 million. It's insane. And and you're talking about a regular 7,000 square foot house. It might be, you know, those funny memes happening, showing a rundown garden shed uh, with like rotten wood and saying average Vancouver home, $2 million, right? It's wow. like, it was, it was insane. And I would see, be sitting here at night. Uh, watching these shows on TV with my wife, like uh, Hawaii life and stuff and watching these people, you know, moving into these houses in Hawaii and like paradise for like 500 grand. And we're like, like we could do that, like just sell the house tomorrow. And the only thing keeping us here is that we're Canadians and we wouldn't be able to do that. We'd have to, you know, uh, go through whole immigration status and all that to go move to and become, you know, American citizens and all, and all wow. that. Right? But it's like, oh, that's just yeah. crazy. Um, so I can totally see uh, with the whole rebuilding, <laughs> you know, I've been there and it's, a, you know, it can be a struggle those years. Uh, when you decide to make a big change like you're doing this year uh, and having to, uh, you know, almost start from scratch uh, that, uh, but uh, I think you're better for it in the future uh, because you're going to be targeting those customers uh, that will, you know, you've been on the other side, you know what it's like already to service the customers that aren't that great um, as far as, you know, the frequency of mowing and not full service and all that. So, you know, targeting those other, that other type of client. Um, I think you're just, uh, you'll find the same thing that I found is that 
you're working the same amount of time, but your income now um, starts to double, uh, you know, and even triple when customers are asking you to do, uh, you know, everything. Um, and you get to that point where they're not even asking you how much stuff is anymore, just telling you to go ahead and do it. Um, it just makes a, a huge difference. Um, so, uh, no, sorry, what was that? No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so um, let's talk a bit about um, your uh, part of the Echo UAG uh, now, and uh, I think officially, what was it, January 1st of this year? Um, yes. You're officially uh, there, so you got to do uh, a trip out to Chicago. Uh, so what was that yeah. like? Um, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was really, really funny um, going out there um, because it was it was relatively warm here. You know, we got to Chicago and it was like 28 degrees and there's de-icing <laughs> airplanes. And I've never seen that before. I've never seen them actually de-icing planes. Um, but, you know, even funnier than that is um, a good friend of mine, Wally Wood with um, Beach River Landscapes yeah. down in Florida, uh, he was he was waiting for me at the terminal. We we got there about the same time, and I walk up the uh, the jetway, and there he is standing there in a pair of shorts and a t shirt, <laughs> and you know just the funniest thing in the world. You know everybody we're walking through the airport, people look at him like he's absolutely nuts. <laughs> but um, you know if you know Wiley, that that's just him. Great guy, um, super funny. But it was a, an amazing experience. Um, it was nothing like what I thought it would be. Okay. Um, you know, you go to Echo and you're expecting them to be beating you over the head with a hammer, pounding into you, Echo, 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 Echo. And it was totally opposite of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was more about, uh, and I'm sure you experienced this, it was more about us and how they could help us grow our business mm -hmm. than it was us growing their business. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just looking for honest feedback from people in the field. You know, what what do we like using? What do we want to see in equipment? Um, but more than that, they want to see the industry actually grow as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's just it's the 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 website EchoMeansBusiness.com. Uh, just a phenomenal forum um, for people to go to. It's it's pretty much non-biased. You know, people aren't going to be pounding you in the head, bad-mouthing you, putting you down, you know, because you have an opinion about something that they don't like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, overall, it's just a great program, and it's it's the exact opposite of what you think it would be. You know, it's not all about Echo. It's more about the industry and you and, um, you know, how you can grow and how the industry can grow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, uh, like you said, I had the same sort of impression, um, about that. And, uh, you know, um, I think I, I chatted with, um, <laughs> with Top Notch, uh, when I was interviewing him a couple of weeks ago and, uh, we were talking about that and how it was like, uh, uh, you know, when they were asking, saying, you know, if you're doing a video uh, review of our product, you have to be completely honest about it. Um, and if if there's something that you don't like, then that's what you have to put in your video. Um, and it was just really like we I remember because it, it was like the very first um, UAG meeting uh, that we were at. We were the first group. Um, and, uh, you know, uh when I was in that room, we we're kind of like all looking at each other, like, 
are they for real? Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. That's what you yeah. guys want? You want us to, you know, actually make videos and put what we don't like about your stuff in the videos? Um, and yeah, exactly. And you know, look at Jason Ambrose. Yeah. You know, uh, J- Jason was 100% honest. Yeah. And nobody, you know, in, in they mentioned that at Echo. Yeah. When we were there, you know, and they were, you know, they have no hard feelings towards Jason for saying anything bad about them. You know, yeah. that's what they want. They want that feedback. They want to know these things. Um, you know, I, you know, you're like you said, you're you're down there and you're just like, whoa, yeah. You know, that's not what you're expecting to hear. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's definitely different than what people think. You know, I had my opinions of it going into it uh and they were totally different coming out of it you know actually knowing what it is and you know i I think that the group that that our group that went has really put out a lot of great videos you know brian with top notch when he done that video where he was interviewing wayne and put that together with um sam yeah i mean that was excellent that really summed up the program Mm -hmm. you know you're you're down there all the vps are there um, you know, the actual president of Echo comes in and talks to you, eats lunch with you. You know, it's not what you're expecting. Yeah. You know, they're they're all there. They they actually care about you and want and care about what you think. Yeah. You know, it, it's. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually, um, you know, very. It's a very smart strategy, basically. In the end, obviously, um, you know. Echo is about selling equipment and selling stuff, but it's a smart uh, strategy to invest in the community um, and invest in guys like us and build those relationships and help us to get to where, you know, you know, growing our businesses and all that, um, because then we are more, um, you know, uh, willing to share with them honestly, you know, those uh, things that you know about their equipment that may not be great and when they see a trend with you know a bunch of people maybe repeating the same sort of thing it's an opportunity for then for them to make you know those changes and make that equipment so much better um so yeah. you know it's it's a, a win-win on um both sides of that um so besides the uh uh, Echo uh, means business in UAG program. Um, I noticed in uh, one of your videos as well that you're also, uh, as you said, a part of the Green Touch Industries family. So what's that all about? So, um, you know, Green Touch Industries um, or TrailerRack.com is actually where you'll find their stuff. But it's um, a trailer rack that I've actually been using since I started my okay. business. Um, I, I always tell people. I had my first set of green touch racks about two weeks before I actually had my first trailer. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, I done a lot of research, looked into a lot of things and I ended up going with their product. Um, and a lot of the reason I went with their product is because when I first started, I ran combi systems. Okay. Um, and with their, the way their locking mechanisms work with the block system, you can turn the blocks around backwards uh, on the front where the attachment would be and you can't actually unscrew your attachment and pull it out and walk yes. away with it. it. It actually secures it yeah. in there, which is probably the the biggest reason I went with that system. Um, but I actually still have that set of racks. 
Um, they're now, like I said, almost six years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been through the snow. They've been through the ice, the winters here. Uh, you know, they've never had a problem with them. Um, but we had some videos out there about them, and um, Green Tech contacted us um, when they were, they were looking at doing some influencer-type marketing. Um, and wanted to send us their the new racks, the green ones um, that they came out with for the, yeah. the Extreme Pro Series. Okay, um, rack um, to test out basically, and you know, tell them what we liked about it, what we didn't like. Um, <clears throat> and we got those, and we put them on, and you know, there were some things right off the bat that I didn't like. Um, the biggest thing were the new engine support systems. Um, okay, they were a lot different than the other ones. They just didn't move around as much but green touch listened um and along with the other guys that are in the green touch family and they actually made a gen a gen 2 version that has a totally different engine mount that's a whole lot better okay um but it's a product that that i put my name behind and i stand behind because i've used it for years it's never failed me um i've never had a piece of equipment stolen um, as far as power equipment, okay, because of their racks, um, I had the the actual trimmer head stolen one time. Um, so the actual the 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 guard, you know, the guard, the head, the um, and the the gear, the gear head, yeah, the whole gear head assembly was stolen off of a trimmer because they couldn't steal the whole trimmer. Okay, um, which I found to be the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's a product that I believe in, that I stand behind um, because I've used it for years. I know it works. I know it, um, you know, lives up to what it, to the name. Um, and, you know, it's going to keep your equipment safe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, like you said earlier, you know, we're working on a limited time schedule being a solo guy. You know, we don't have a lot of time. And if you can have your equipment on a rack that you can walk up and turn, unlock it, turn one knob and you can walk away with it and you can put it back on the same way you're saving time throughout the day yeah you're more organized um you're faster so that it it comes down to that efficiency aspect of it um more than anything you know to 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 save you time and save you money yeah 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 absolutely um so we're going to shift gears uh, a little bit here and start talking about um, the social media, um, Instagram, YouTube, that sort of stuff. Um, so you have a YouTube account, you have a uh, um, Instagram account. Um, so do you use those platforms for um, marketing your business um, or are you using it um, just to uh, be in touch with the, the lawn care community? Uh, I try to use the YouTube side of it more to be in uh, connected to the, the lawn care community, I okay. guess, more than anything. Yep. Um, you know, I haven't been very active on it. I have probably over the past 12 months. You know, I've started doing a few more things. I got the, the series of me growing my business back yep. that I'm going to be doing um, this year, kind of, you know, showing people the the ups and downs of, you know, basically starting a business. Um, but, you know, I look at YouTube as a way to give back and a way to help people. Yeah. You know, the, the YouTube community was really brand new when I started my business. So, you know, I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. 
yeah. um, you know, trial by fire. But now there's just so much information out there. You know, even if you're not putting out the best edited videos, which, you know, I don't do, I just kind of shoot it and it is what it is mm-hmm. type of deal. Um, you know, you can really put out a lot of great information and, you know, try to help people along the way. Um, you know, not make the mistakes that you did. And that information is out there now. And to me, the YouTube community doing that has been phenomenal, um, helping the younger generation grow. But even the the, the older generation, um, you know, myself included, you know, I mean, I take a lot from guys on YouTube, um, new guys that are starting out um, to the veterans that, that you can learn from. Yeah. Um, going through that Mm -hmm. but the the instagram side of it uh i do use it as an advertising platform okay you know i try to i try to you know if it's pictures of work we're doing you know i try to tag all our local um our local cities and different things okay um and i have gotten business from that you know i've had people contact me and say hey we saw your stuff on instagram you know so I try to keep that. It's kind of both, you know, like this time of the year where we're kind of just posting random pictures of different things, yep. equipment. But, you know, I think my Instagram has a good mix of both. Um, you know, I try to keep it social, keeping connected with different people interacting. Um, but I also use it, as, like I said, at the advertising platform and and get people contacting me from that. Okay. So. You know, it, it it can be they can all be both, in my opinion. Uh, I think you can use them both ways. Uh, if you if you want to, you can tag things the right way. Um, you know, YouTube is, you know, through Google, you can optimize it, you know, so it can be found in search engines. So, you know, it, those outlets are there to use them both ways. Yeah. Absolutely. That's uh, some, uh, some more great advice there. Um, so this next question um, is uh, share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business. So I want you to come at this from the point of view of somebody that you know is coming to you and they're, they're, you know, basically saying, Hey Brad, I'm thinking about starting a lawn care business. You know, uh, do you have any advice to share with me? And this person is somebody that, you know, you like, and you would only want the best for. Um, so what would you tell that person? Number one, you're going to fail a lot, but you're going to learn from every failure you you have. Mm -hmm. Um, you use it as a growing point. Um, number two, I would tell them, don't give up. It's going to be a hard road, um, but it's going to be well worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would also tell them to, you know, be, um, be ethical, I guess, in what you're doing. Yep. Um, you know, do what you're going to do, what you say you're going to do. Um, because that person's going to tell somebody else about you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do a great job, then they're going to tell their neighbor you did a great job. If you do a, a halfway job, you know, they're going to tell somebody that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your reputation is, is everything in this industry. So you want to keep it as, as high as you can. Um, and then advertise. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, Facebook is probably one of your best friends getting started in this business. 
and finding those local pages where you can advertise in for absolutely nothing and reach the most people. You know, you can go out there and, and flyer doors and mail postcards all you want to, but you're going to spend a ton of money. You know, if you're starting out in the business and you don't have those funds, you're going to reach more people via, via Facebook and groups um, for just a little bit of your time to put something together. Um, so that, that would be your best outlet for advertising and then just be ethical in what you do and do the best you can. Excellent. Excellent advice. Um, so last question, uh, we've made it all the way down to the end here. Um, and, oh that, <laughs> and that is basically, uh, how can people, uh, follow you or reach you, uh, online if they want to? Um, so you can reach me, uh, I'll give you an uh, email address. Um, it's Brad, B-R-A-D, Lloyd, L-L-O-I-D, 25 at gmail.com. Um, you can email me there. I don't check it all the time. Um, it, it's more of a personal account. So bear with me if I don't get back to you, but I'll share with you anything I have um, that can help you. I don't mind. There's more work out there than I can handle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, then you can handle it if you do things right. Yeah. Um, you can also find me on YouTube at Your Way Long Care. Um, there's two channels, one with a lot of videos, one with only a couple. Um, so find the one with a lot of videos and subscribe to that mm -hmm. one. And then on Instagram, it's Your Way Long Care as well. Okay. Um, so you can find me there. You can email me there. And like I said, I'll help you any way I can. I don't mind. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, that about wraps it up. Thank you very much uh, for coming. Well, Julia, I want to ask you one question. Yeah, okay. Uh, a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you said you used to do some commercial jobs. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what is the most unusual slash funniest thing you've ever found on a commercial property? That I've unusual or funny thing. Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> Um, it's a tough one because I did, I've done commercial jobs, like I've said, but it's never been my focus. So I okay. haven't spent a lot of time on commercial jobs. Um, the needles was sort of the most unusual thing I would say, but it's unfortunately becoming probably more of a normal thing. Um, the most unusual thing, I, I'm going to shift gears and just say the most unusual thing that's ever happened to me, uh, as a whole um, for a lawn care job, uh, was the time when, um, I, I met a customer at Home Depot, this lady, I was wearing my uniform. She came up to me and asked me how much it would be to mow lawn. And I said, well, you know, I need to see the property. Um, so she goes, okay, well, here's my phone number. Here's the address. My husband is there, drive out there and then, uh, you know, uh, give me a call. Uh, let me know how much it'll be. Um, so I drive out to this property and it was like, this is when I was first starting out. Um, I only had my Honda mower with me, my 21 inch mower, and it was an, uh, one acre property. Um, so I'm looking at it going, okay, this is going to take me forever to mow with this 21 inch mower, but you know, I'm just starting out. I got nothing but time on my hands. Um, so I think, you know, I, I phoned her and gave her a quote of, I think it was like $120 or something, um, to mow the lawn. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Um, 
just, you know, knock on the door and, you know, let my husband know that you're going to be uh, mowing the lawn. And, and this lady, she was probably in her 40s, I would say, probably, you know, 45, 46 years old. Um, I knock on the door and this man opens it who must have been in his 90s. And he looked like um, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. And he looks at me and I said, hi, yeah, I was just, uh, you know, I, I, she gave me his name. So I said, are you a thing? And he was like, yeah. So I was like uh, kind of taken aback by the fact of his age was so different from his wife's age. Um, and he looked at me and I noticed that he was holding his pants up. Uh, his belt was undone and his zipper was undone and he was holding his pants up and he looked at me and his eyes rolled to the back of his head and he passed out and landed in the middle of his foyer. And I'm standing there with the front door open and this man that looked like he was maybe just had a heart attack or something and his pants fell down when he fell to the ground. And I was like, Oh, what the heck? So I just started like, hello, are you okay? Like trying to, you know, and he, he woke up right away and then he's like looking at me and I was like, uh, do you want me to call an ambulance? Do you want anything? He said, no, 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 I'm fine. Fine. I was sleeping. And I came down when I heard the bell, you know, I came down the stairs too quickly. I must've, you know, got up too quickly. I'm sure I'm like, are you sure you want me to call an ambulance? He's like, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, and he, he kind of helped him up and he pulled his pants up and, and that, and I was like, okay, well, you know, your wife wanted me to mow the lawn and stuff. And he's like, yeah, okay, go ahead. You know, if she said it was okay, just, you know, go for it and all that. So I was like, okay. So then he closed the door and then I just quickly phoned his wife and said, yeah, I'm at your house. And I went to talk to your husband and he just passed out and had his pants around his ankles and, <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, I asked him if he wanted ambulance. He woke up, he revived and stuff, but you know, he doesn't want me calling an ambulance and stuff. And she's like, okay, I'm on my way home and stuff. I'll, uh, I'll come check on him. Thank you so much. And all that sort of stuff. But that was probably the weirdest thing that's ever. I you had killed the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was, I didn't even get to tell him the price yet. And he was already passing out. So <laughs> I don't know if, uh, what was going on there, but that was probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me on a job. Um, Thing. So I'm going to turn around actually and, and ask you one more question wow. and say, what's the weirdest thing that's happen- ever happened to you? Um, well, the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me, I probably, I got three, okay. um, which are, which are pretty weird. Um, <clears throat> so I had a commercial property that we were doing. Um, you know, like you said, we'd find needles all over and nothing uncommon. Um, we, we would find condoms in this one area of this property mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and, <clears throat> You know, one day we're walking by and we figured out why there were always condoms there, needless to say. Um, you know, <laughs> and they they were doing their business in the in the oh. car, you know, right there in the parking lot. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it's funny to walk by, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of one of those awkward moments. You kind of want to high five him <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of giving that, that you're the yeah. man um, type of applause. But, um, you know, we, we found sex toys, um, which is always an awkward moment um, when you happen to find those on a property um, along the way. So, 
you know, you know <clears throat> your guys, they walk by and, and, and there's a, a toy laying on the ground and they got to pick it up. You know, it's always a funny story um, later on um, that you go back to. But, you know, then um, probably one of the most unusual um, requests we've ever had um, was we had a client actually request us to um, blow out his dryer vent from the outside of the house um, <laughs> to the inside of the house. So, you know, you're trying to blow a dryer vent out with a, with a backpack blower. And, um, and you say it didn't go too well mm-hmm. for him, even though we tried to tell him it wouldn't go too well. Um, it, it, his wife wasn't happy <laughs> with him when um, she got home and the, the, all the dryer lint was um, in oh. the house and I'm um, not outside. So, you know, we've had some unique, unique mm-hmm. moments, um, which I think everybody probably in this industry has at some point or another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that uh, about wraps it up. Uh, thank you very much for uh, taking the time out uh, to come on to the show. Um, and uh, thanks for uh, turning it around there and uh, asking. I think that's the first time somebody's uh, uh, turned it around and asked me a question. Uh, there. So <laughs> that was uh, a nice little surprise. Um, yeah. Just, uh, you know, uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on. Yeah, Julia, I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a opportunity. I, I really um, was humbled by. So thank awesome. You. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Lawn Care Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that uh, value packed episode with Brad Lloyd from Your Way Lawn Care. Brad shared some great insights on using Facebook to build your business and essentially get free advertising with Facebook groups. So we thank uh, Brad for that great information. I'm going to leave some links in the podcast show notes for Brad's your Way Lawn Care Instagram account, as well as his Your Way Lawn Care YouTube channel. I would urge all of you guys to head on over to Instagram, give his account a follow, and then head on over to YouTube and subscribe to his channel. Well, Lawn Care Nation, that's it for this week. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.